Lord Jesus, on this feast of St. Francis, one of your greatest saints, we come before you. And I think we turn so often to the saints because we, we long for what they have, for that the, the zeal of knowing you and, and loving you that, that just set them on fire with love. And for St. Francis, in particular, it's one of the greatest saints. And Lord, thank you for giving me such a great patron as a, with a middle name, of Francis. As a child, I didn't really know much about him. He was, uh, you know, he was just that saint who I was named for. He was apparently my patron. And there was that nice piece of, like, that ceramic work of art hanging beside my light switch of St. Francis with a, with a, you know, talking to the birds, right? Preaching to the birds. He had, a, he had a bird on his finger and birds all around him. And that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all I knew. And he did have a particular affinity for animals, which is great. It's wonderful. But there's so much more to Francis. There's so much more to Francis. It's like St. Anthony, right? It's like St. Anthony is like one of the greatest saints and a follower of Francis. And yet, he's just the guy who helps us find our keys, <laughs> right? There's so much more to Anthony. There's so much more. So we'll just delve deeply tonight into, just, we'll just barely just be scratching the surface of this great saint. Francis is, is an interesting saint because he didn't really write that much. He didn't leave us a lot of writings. He left us a few, few meditations, few considerations, few commentaries, a few letters, especially letters to his brothers. And in his letters to his brothers, he's always talking about the religious life. So for, the, you know, for, the, for a lot of us, we're like, oh, I can't get much out of this. You can get a lot out of the letters of Francis. I I'd encourage you. If you really want to delve deeply into the, the romance that is the life of Francis, read G.K. Chesterton's St. Francis, Francis of Assisi. It's amazing. This man, who was so profoundly in love with you that he left everything, home and family and his inheritance to do your will. A man who honestly was seeking your will, saying, okay, Lord, what, what do you wish of me? What do you, what do you want? And was not afraid to just jump into the fray. He was a bold man from the start. And as a young man, part of one of the many military campaigns, all those little towns and in the middle of Italy, they're always fighting each other over something. Right? You know, who has access to that river and who has access to these woods and who wants that castle or that castle, whatever it may be. So he was bold. He was not afraid to, to go. And on one of these campaigns, these early campaigns, he falls ill, terribly ill. And it's then that he has an encounter with Christ. 
He has to be humbled. And he finds in humility, he finds in the process of being humbled, because the Lord doesn't just sprinkle humble dust on you, right? He humbles you. He corrects you. He takes things away and he says, okay, now we can really work. But then he, it was in that state where he said, Lord, I will do your will. I will follow you. Rebuild my church, the Lord says to him. So he starts literally rebuilding a church by hand. And he's absolutely convinced this is what the Lord is asking of me. He rebuilds the entire church, stone by stone, begging for alms, begging for stones. And the Lord lets him know, no, that's, that's, that's not quite what I had in mind. During that time, there was a lot of turmoil within the church. As usual, heresies popping up, schism, war, later the Crusades. Lots of turmoil. There's nothing new under the sun, brothers and sisters. And when we are in time of turmoil, the Lord calls great saints. So perhaps you're feeling in turmoil at the moment. Perhaps there's, there's, a, there's, there's some, some confusion. I know there is. I hear it every day. The Lord carries us through every age, no matter what comes up, no matter the confusion, no matter the war, no matter the turmoil, the Lord has us in the palm of his hand. And he raises up saints, great saints, to get us back on track. No matter what, every time, with zeal, with charity, Boldly doing what others might not do, what others won't do, in order to be sure that everyone knows our Lord and loves our Lord and has the opportunity to serve the Lord and to become a saint. So Francis boldly does what others might not do. He gives up everything in order to do the Lord's will. What do we hear in today's gospel? As Jesus and his disciples were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Francis, getting to know the Lord in the Word, said, Well, that's what I will do. I will have nothing in order that I will have the Lord. Nothing but you, Lord. I need nothing but the Lord. And the Lord provided. The Lord will not be outdone in generosity, brothers and sisters. We're generous with him in prayer, in our particular vocations. Putting him, as the deacon was saying, first, before all else. He will provide. We heard in this beautiful opening prayer, O God, by whose gift St. Francis was conformed to Christ in poverty and humility.
Poverty and humility, they go hand in hand. And who is more impoverished than the one who gave up everything? The Lord of heaven and earth who gives up everything in order to save us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Francis says, if the Lord can be impoverished in that way, I can give up my inheritance. Grant that by walking in Francis' footsteps, we may follow your son. And through joyful charity, come to be united with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be humble as he was humble. Be humble as you are humble. There's another detail about Francis, perhaps the most tremendous detail about Francis. That Actually, before I get to that, I'm going to say something else. Francis was asked by many people to become a priest. And Francis, in his humility, said, I am not worthy. He's probably the greatest saint since John the Baptist, and he says, I am not worthy of that. That's an amazing thing. That's, 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 that's worth consideration. And he's right. He's not worthy. None of us are. But Francis did not. He was never, his, his ego was never inflated. He never directed attention toward himself, but to the Lord. Finally, Francis was not afraid to embrace the cross. So much so that the wounds of Christ were impressed upon his body by a singular gift of God. At the offertory prayer today, we said, As we bring you these offerings, O Lord, we pray that we may be rightly disposed for the celebration of the mystery of the cross. That's, an, that's a beautiful examination of conscience worked into the Mass right there. Am I rightly disposed for the celebration of the mystery of the cross? Which St. Francis so ardently embraced. He embraced it. Once again, when we embrace the cross, it becomes, as St. Maria has said, a cross without a cross. It becomes an act of love. When we see the struggles the Lord gives us, as redemptive, as good, as acts of love. And while, while we may not bear within our, our hands and our feet and our side the wounds of Christ, let us not shy from the wounds that come from the particular crosses that we bear and the, that the Lord bears with us. So, Lord, help us. Help us to be humble like Francis, to embrace poverty like Francis, to put other things aside so that you may be first and foremost in our life. Help us to have that apostolic zeal of Francis. Help us to embrace the cross like Francis. And in doing so, love in a tremendous way. As there was time of turmoil, 
so long ago, during Francis' time, and the Lord raised him up, the Lord will raise up great saints in our own time.